May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, My home telephone hasn't been working since the rather stormy weather Thursday week ago. And uh, most terribly, that means I don't have any internet at home, which has been good for me to discover how much I rely on it, if rather irritating. And I have spent long hours on the telephone with my, obviously not my telephone because that doesn't work, but on my mobile phone with my phone supplier company. And truly I have been waiting 40 and 50 minutes to get through to them. But every few seconds uh, I heard the message, your call is important to us. A a curious thing that reveals its falsity in the mere act of saying it. Um, And if you think it's irritating after a minute, try after 45 minutes. I was rolling my eyes and huffing and puffing, although sadly there was no one there to see it. Now, that, that extreme irritation of a sort of moment you roll your eyes in your head and go, well, really, that is the atmosphere of our gospel reading. James and John ask Jesus rather sort of awkwardly, would you do something for us? He says, yes. They say, would you allow us to sit at your right and left hand in your kingdom? Which is rather a lot, you know, rather a big ask. And um, this is after Jesus for the third time has explained that he will be drawn into suffering because of what he stands for and that he'll be put to death. And still James and John just completely fail to understand. The gospel doesn't record Jesus rolling his eyes and I suppose he wouldn't have because he's better than us but the disciples must have been harumphing in the background. Jesus, though, doesn't criticize James and John for their slightly childish request. He simply states that it's not in his power to grant. But he asks them a question. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Of course, what we know, and James and John do not know, is that Jesus is referring to his death on the cross, crucified in the end not between James and John, but between two criminals. The glory is going to be death and the cross. Then the ten disciples are extremely angry uh, with James and John, also totally having failed to understand what Jesus is saying, and they're all jumping up and down saying, pick me, pick me, um, in a way that is just embarrassing. Um, and yet sort of tempting. Behind their failure to understand 
is a much deeper failure to grasp the nature of the gospel, which we, from our position, can see much more clearly. In the culture in which Jesus was serving, there was much greater acknowledgement that naked power was in control and you basically had no rights before such power unless you were granted them as a favour. For those who were not Roman citizens, especially those who were not wealthy and not Roman citizens, you had very little access to justice. It was just assumed by everyone that local judges were corrupt and that the case would go to whoever paid the most. There was a rather arbitrary um, corvée, a, a imposition of labour by the Roman forces. If suddenly they decided that the Roman camp needed tidy up, tidied up, they would just go and get a hundred people from the nearest town and put them to work with no pay and no food for three or four days tidying things up before they let them go. You were subject to very arbitrary and rather frightening exercise of power upon you. And in fact, even in political thought, this was just assumed to be how things were. In one of the most chilling phrases, um, when people discussed what rights do the weak have before the strong, the answer came, the strong will do whatever they will and the weak must suffer whatever happens to them. In other words, if you don't have power, tough luck. So it was in this rather frightening context where many of the structures that we trust, like the police or our judicial system, more or less anyway, when all of those were absent, you probably wanted power yourself to be able to say no to the brutal Roman soldier or to be able to bribe the judge yourself. If power was the only voice that spoke, it's not surprising that the disciples themselves wanted naked power. Um, we never sort of dream of, oh, it would be lovely if I woke up in the morning and I had less money and um, I had less ability to do anything. You know, the National Lottery encourages us to dream about having enormous sums of money in bags under our beds. We never dream, though, of having less money and less access to power and think how much fun that would be. But Jesus flips this and says that those who follow him will give up their power 
to serve others. Those who follow him will give up their power to serve others. And this reflects a fundamental Christian understanding of how we exercise power. Not by pretending we don't have it, or by using it in ways that are unjust. But the teaching of Christ and the teaching of our faith is that the only way to use power ethically and in accordance with the will of God is to use it to serve other people. Jesus doesn't say power is a bad thing. What he says is power must serve others. This, when people talk about Christian values and our nation, I'm sometimes very cynical about that and I wonder what values they mean. But actually, this understanding of power and service is what's at the core of what it means to be a Christian culture. That power in itself is something that can, be, that can corrupt us and corrupt others. Power can only be used ethically and only be used in a way that doesn't destroy us in the service of other people. In some of the political debate that we see in other countries where there are so-called strong leaders in place, Turkey, the United States, uh, you can fill in the other examples. One of the things at issue is, what's the right way to use power? Is it to defend our interests or to bring about a different culture, a different society? One of the best things about the United Kingdom is the motto of Sandhurst Military Academy, which is in effect the motto of the officers of the British Army. And the motto is, serve to lead. It's only by serving those in the army, it's only by serving peace as they understand it, that senior military can lead. This is a deeply gospel value in a place where one might not initially have expected to find it. And it's found also in the British honours system. No doubt we would reorganise it and restructure it. But honours are given solely for service. And about 10 years ago, there was a proposal to change the honours system and say that, amongst many other changes, our country should give honours for achievement. And it was the Church of England who argued that this was a fundamental change in our values. We should celebrate achievement wherever it occurs, but it, our, our national system of honouring others 
is rightfully based on the gospel teaching of service. By honouring those who serve other people in many different ways, we are shaping our society very gently according to the mind of Christ. Now, from our position of privilege, of being less subject to the arbitrary power of others, the next question Jesus asks is perhaps less incisive. What do you want me to do for you? If we're honest, many of us might say, I just want you to keep everything the same. Or perhaps, I want to change things so that I can care for other people a bit better. If we answer the question like that, it's a sign that we've not yet been troubled very deeply by the teaching of Christ. I invite you to hear the question of Jesus from the position of someone in modern slavery or a trafficked person or a refugee fleeing extreme violence and hunger. What do you want me to do for you? Immediately, we would know we want a world of justice. We want a world where the poor, the weak, the lost are protected. We want a world where everyone has hope. So, dear brothers and sisters, I offer you two questions asked by our Saviour today. What is it you want me to do for you? Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptised with the baptism that I am baptised with? May God give us grace to answer these questions with courage and with trust in our Saviour. Amen.